Kate Thompson-Davey. I'm a freelance journalist and the technology columnist for Business Day. Today, I'm joined by Doug Woolley, the MD of Dell Technologies South Africa. And we're talking about the new normal, how the COVID pandemic has accelerated the inevitable and really highlighted the importance of digital transformation. Welcome, Doug. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me on your show. It's been um, it's been an interesting couple of months. I assume I've caught you at home, remote working. Indeed, I think like probably half of the population, or even the global population, uh, seems to be, you know, where we're going to spend quite a bit of our time over the course of the next few months. And uh, you know, one of those transitions that I don't think many people would have foreseen around uh, March. Uh, when we went into our first stage of the lockdown, I think we all thought this would be, you know, three, four week affair and, you know, things would be back to normal. And uh, yeah, we are all working from home where possible. You know, it's not that uh, possible for all, um, you know, employees of companies, but uh, by and large, I think a lot of companies have moved to this mode of uh, operating and done it very, very successfully. And, you know, South African companies really uh, have done a, a fantastic job in moving their workforce you know, into a protected environment uh, very, very quickly. Uh, I believe Dell has uh, long had a bit of a remote or at least a flexi policy. Um, so it must be old hat for you guys? Yes, as an organization, I think, you know, because we've got a very diverse, um, you know, one workforce and also the geographies that we cover, it's not always possible to have a physical presence in each country. And, uh, you know, it's been something that, uh, you know, we've been advocating probably for the better part of the last six, seven years, um, with probably at least, I guess, 35 to 40 percent of our workforce already, you know, transitioned into a uh, work from home environment. And that'll accelerate. You know, we're looking to move that, you know, into uh, close to 70 percent and even beyond that where possible. So very much, you know, trying to grasp that and, and, and grab that opportunity to give people, you know, that uh, balance uh, that I think most people look for. Fantastic. Um, you're sort of a step ahead of everyone. I'm personally quite excited about a world in which remote work is a little bit more accepted. Um, you know, I have aspirations of driving into the city centre of Cape Town and not fighting two hours of traffic. <laughs> but yes, I think that attitudes are caught up. But you, you're having those conversations directly with CIOs. What are they telling you about their readiness? So I think you know, it was quite interesting. I've had two of our senior executives, uh, you know, do a virtual tour to South Africa over the course of the last uh, two months. Uh, Adrian McDonald, who heads up our Europe, Middle East and Africa region, and Angus Hegarty, who heads up, uh, who's our president for worldwide sales. Um, and the one thing that they actually uh, noted is that South African CIOs are pushing workforce transformation at a much more rapid pace than some of the other colleagues around the globe. And that was quite interesting to me because, you know, we've had a lot of conversations and, you know, most of the CIOs have got a plan to at least get 50% of the workforce working from home and in some instances beyond that. And, you know, that, you know, coming from Dell, I really just took that as par for the course. But when you get other insights from, you know, leaders that are, that are speaking to a multitude of companies globally and seeing that South Africa is pushing this agenda very, very hard, that was quite interesting to me. And again, I think, you know, South Africans typically, you know, adapt to, uh, you know, a, a tough scenario very differently. And I think, again, as you pointed out, uh, most people, you know, would have kicked back against working from home. And I think the transition happened very quickly without, you know, major disruption. 
and it proved mm. that you can do it. You know, the tech's been around for, you know, probably three, four, five years where we've had adequate technology to be able to do this. And now I think people are seeing the benefits of it. And, you know, there's a myriad of benefits that you'll get from working from home. You know, the first is if you're corporate, all the cost benefits, you know, I'm making my own tea and coffee now. <laughs> I'm not doing that off the company payroll. And then it comes down to a number of other areas. You, know, you can attract talent now from anywhere. You don't have to, you know, have your center of work being, you know, the, the, the universe or the point of, of, of uh, departure. You can really attract talent from, you know, global sources, local sources. And it does represent a nice opportunity for, you know, specifically some of the smaller cities in the country where, you know, that talent had to migrate to Johannesburg or Cape Town or Durban, the bigger centers, where now, why would you? you if you've got the talent and the skill set, you can uh, effectively, uh, you know, operate from anywhere. And I think those are the, you know, the, the, the opportunities that organizations need to, you know, grab and, and, and run with. Yeah, that's actually quite exciting. I hadn't thought about that um, sort of reverse brain drain mm. um, benefit, which is quite interesting. What sectors do you think have managed better than others? Look, I think, you know, we've always seen in South Africa that our banking sector has mm. always been on par from a technology perspective. And again, I think they, they lead that charge. But we've also seen a, a number of, of commercial customers and SMB customers take up the opportunity. I think, you know, the in environments where you still have to have physical labor like manufacturing and mining is probably less, yeah. you know, they've, they've got a, a challenge around, you know, getting things manufactured and out of the, you know, out of the ground. So it does make it difficult. But even there, I think we're seeing changes and people adapting. Um, and then public sector, I think, are still struggling a little bit with mm-hmm. how do they implement technology to get people to work from home. But I think everybody understands that it's, 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 it's here to stay. The technologies, yeah, there are some challenges because as we've, you know, moved the workforce out, uh, you know, to the periphery, you know, of, of the, the safe networks, you know, there are challenges like security, patch management, and, uh, you know, just the, the collaboration side <clears throat> that we still have to, you know, grasp with. Um, but I think companies are, are overcoming that. Uh, they're finding new and in, inventive ways to deal with those challenges. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, as, you, as we progress through COVID-19, uh, and where it might end up, you know, I think companies will find solutions and probably drive that over the course of the next month to make the environment at home more work uh, or office-like, you know, for yeah. most of the employees. Yeah, it's interesting because I think um, we speak a lot about innovation. Anyone who writes about technology or yourselves as um, people in the technology uh, sector, we talk about innovation, but sometimes innovation or at least the purest and most exciting innovation comes from need. You know, if you Mm. don't have a problem to solve, then it's hard to come up with something new and exciting. And for the first time in a while, we have had something that has a global need. Everyone has had to get on board with tackling this. Um, But it is interesting, you know, you you brought up IT security, um, which I think is a whole different ballgame when you're bringing, not bringing your own device into the work, but uh, working off your, you know, cloud server, for example, from home with your home Wi-Fi. Um, I was just wondering, you know, what, how would you characterize our readiness in those ways is to tackle those challenges? So I think that's probably one of the bigger challenges is getting the security sorted out and making sure that, you know, you're still giving people access to the tool sets that they're required to do their day job. 
But security yeah. is probably one of the big nightmares that uh, I think CIOs are grappling with. But again, I think the tool sets are there. And again, you know, the next six to seven months is going to be where I think organizations are going to try and, you know, create that environment, uh, lock down the environment, um, you know, and giving people access, uh, you know, to the tool sets that are, that are required. And, you know, there's a multitude of, of, of tech out there that, that can cover it. So I think it's not a question about the technology. It's a question of, you know, deploying this and making sure that, you know, that the CIOs are comfortable with the uh, technology and the partners that they're working around that. It, yeah, I mean, I think for a long time there has been this evolution towards IT being more and more central in an organization. But this really proves the point that really drives it home. Has it changed the conversations that you're having with your clients, with those you partner with, and, and generally with CIOs? Yes, it is. I think um, most organizations probably, if you had to look at it now, are seeing that uh, they have to transform their businesses, you know, in, in, a, in a number of areas. So, you know, we've just talked about workforce transformation and making sure that your employees are able to work from anywhere uh, and any place. Um, and it's interesting to see some organizations actually adopting that. You know, one of the big insurance companies has actually got that motto, work from anywhere, any place. Uh, and a number of the IT staff, you know, I was joking with, with one of them, was actually sitting his, on his, in his London, 50Ks from town on his game farm. And probably will never come back, you know, to Johannesburg. That would be the new place of work. So I think, you know, that's the, the first one that you see. But then if you went through lockdown, you know, if you just look at retail, for example, if you were a retailer with a physical presence, that made life very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, if you had an online presence and you had integration into your supply chains, you were able to operate, you know, seamlessly without having to bring staff in mm -hmm. and you could effectively operate nationally from anywhere. Um, and that's, you know, a good example of, 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 of organizations having to, you know, digitally, uh, you know, reinvent themselves. You saw a number of shopping services come into play over the course of, uh, you know, the pandemic. That wasn't there, you know, in March. And, you know, personal shoppers, you know, uh, uh, digital shoppers became the, the, the new norm. So, you know, there's another one that you look at. Um, and I think as we you know, embrace uh, the technology and, and accelerate it in our, in our businesses, we'll see a lot more innovation come forward where organizations will, you know, either reduce costs by um, ripping out processes or, or, or mm -hmm. middlemen in their processes, or at the same time, create new markets and new opportunities. And I think we're seeing this being pushed for the first time by CFOs. I was fortunate to address Saika uh, probably about a month ago. And typically, you know, the, the CFOs are not really known for wanting to spend money on technology. They tend to hold back the purse strings. And for the first time, this was something where they were pushing the agenda. So I think we're going to see a, an absolute revolution around this, you know, on two fronts. One, how do we save money by digitally, you know, changing our, our business? And secondly, how do we make money by expanding into new markets, new products and uh, new inventions? So I think very exciting, uh, you know, and we've been talking about this again for probably the better part of the last two years yes. with a lot of organizations, uh, you know, not adapting and, uh, and moving as fast. And, I, and again, I think in South Africa, we're fortunate we've got a number of organizations that have been leading that, but we'll see way more uh, acceleration uh, in, in, the, in the corresponding few months. That um, actually builds quite nicely on what I wanted to ask you next, because... 
I've been really enjoying the webinars that Dell has been hosting, and there's been a number of different sector focuses. You know, in, in particular, I really thought the health one was really exciting for obvious reasons. But I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about the strategy of bringing people together in webinars. I know that we can't do face-to-face -face meetings, yeah. but there's more to it than that. There seems to be a sector focus for you. You know, look, I think we, we, we adapted to this very, very quickly. So, you know, kudos to our marketing guys that uh, yeah. effectively utilized the webinars, I think, in two ways. One, as a bit of an entertainment, uh, you know, part um, where we brought in some interesting guest speakers to talk about topics that would generally not be covered. And then the sectoral focus or the segmental focus where we could address specific pain points that we felt were, you know, relevant in a specific industry or a specific segment. You know, really just, you know, showcasing what is possible and, and, and just opening up people's eyes around, you know, the possibilities that technology can bring to your business. And, and it's worked well for us. I mean, we've had, uh, you know, very, very good uh, attendance, probably more so than a physical environment. And again, you know, we've, we've managed to get uh, that message out. Uh, and, and from SMMEs to large organizations, a multitude of topics. Um, and really just, you know, getting through, uh, you know, what is, what is, what is, I, what, what you, you, what is, what you, what your capabilities are uh, when you, uh, you know, employ uh, technology into your business. The next question that I wanted to ask, we have spoken about CIOs quite a number of times already in this chat. And, and that's the chief innovation officer, but also the chief IT officer. And in some cases, the CTO or chief technology yep. officer. But we need to remember that not all tech users or uh, tech procurers for a company, those who set a tech strategy for a company, are dealing with multinationals, are making calls for that kind of level of corporation. There's also been a lot of progress and benefit for smaller groups, for medium-sized businesses. And I was just wondering if you could talk us through a little bit about digital transformation as it applies to perhaps a medium-sized enterprise. Look, I think if you're a medium-sized organization, the, the opportunity that, that technology presents you today, you know, gives you a myriad of opportunities. Um, I think technology has been democratized to the point where it enables anybody, um, you know, to utilize it. Um, and also, you know, to create a, not just a national footprint, but a global footprint for your business. Um, so that's the beauty of technology today and, and, and the web and cloud and, and everything that's out there. It does enable you, as we pointed out, uh, get skill from anywhere, you know, create markets anywhere, create platforms that are able to drive into those markets uh, from anywhere. So I think the opportunities are huge and it's, a, it's, it's as much as you can dream that that's basically, you know, where your, your limits would be in, in your business. And, and I think technology is enabling people to drive that at a, rap, a rapid pace. So, you know, SMBs, medium type of businesses shouldn't be scared of it. I think the key thing here, again, is two things. One, you have to have a plan, um, you know, so build that plan either with a partner or with, you know, a specialist in your business and then work on an execution uh, timeline uh, to that plan and employ the right type of partners to assist you on that journey. I think that, that would be my advice to most medium businesses because I understand, you know, not everybody's going to have all those skill sets. But I think we, we have a, a, an environment now where, you know, skills or, or, or knowledge is freely available um, and you can go and build that plan and very much, uh, you know, 
it does still represent your overall business plan. All you're doing is digitizing it and making sure that you do the old adages. How much cost can I rip out by digitizing my business or how much, uh, you know, uh, profit or, or, or opportunity can I create by, by digitizing my business? It hasn't changed. Um, it's just a different, uh, you know, methodology that you're employing instead of normal physical processes, you're turning them into electronic processes. So, you know, I would implore most organizations, build the plan, find the right partners and then execute it. It's, it's not a one day game. As I always say, I love my sport. Uh, this is like a five day test match. You have to be out there grinding it out and effectively, you know, seeing what the end goal is and, and deliver on that. Fantastic. Uh, so I've had quite a lot to do with Dell over the years, and I've really enjoyed that interaction, not just because I'm learning stuff, but because I think Dell has ethical business and responsible corporate citizenship uh, built directly into your DNA. And I really enjoyed that recently uh, when we went overseas last year and we spoke about the moonshots um, and progress made real. Tell me a little bit about progress made real. You know, so progress made real is our, our 2030 vision for the organization, uh, you know, built on, on four pillars. The first one is sustainability, ethics, effectively, you know, utilizing um, some of our resources to make a difference to people, and then also around uh, diversity and inclusion. So those are the four main things that we're trying to drive. And as you've pointed out, um, you know, the moonshot goals that we're trying to uh, execute on, you know, so in impacting society as a whole, we're trying to impact a, a billion people on the planet uh, directly in healthcare, through the economy, through education, and, and making it a meaningful, lasting impact by 2030. So in some shape, form or manner, uh, Dell will engage in three or four of those sectors and, and try and make a difference and a meaningful difference, you know, not something that is going to be, you know, something that we'll just, uh, you know, wash over. So, you know, there has to be a significant difference after we've done that. Uh, then in terms of uh, sustainability, <clears throat> Dell's been, you know, an, an advocate of this, especially around ocean plastics. You know, we're one of the founders of, of that organization and have made it a, <clears throat> an industry-wide, not just the ICT industry uh, drive. But by 2030, every machine or product that you buy from Dell as a customer will, will refurbish one machine back into our business. And then 100% of our packaging as well will be recyclable. And 50% of every product we make will be from recycled bits of our business. So, you know, big drive uh, around sustainability and, you know, the environment as a whole. And, yeah, like I said, we've been an advocate of that for a, for a lengthy period of time. Uh, in terms of inclusion, diversity, big goal there is to at least have 40% of our, our workforce to be female. And you understand, you know, from an ICT perspective, it's not always the industry that, you know, female uh, entrepreneurs and, 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 and workers look to move to. But at least at Dell, we're driving that very, very aggressively. So 50% of our workforce and 40% of our leadership need to be female uh, by 2030. So, you know, big goals, especially in an industry that has always been male-dominated. So, you know, mm. we really are going to drive that and drive that aggressively. Mm. You know, so these moonshot goals, you know, are big goals. They are hairy and scary. But I think, you know, our founder, Michael Dell, has always looked uh, at, at that as part and parcel of, of our business and ethics is a very, very big part of it, and it's in our DNA. You know, so on the ethics side, we also got a 2030 goal, which is effectively, you know, all the information, personal information that Dell has around its customers, we're going to make that freely available so customers can decide what information we have access to. 
So really digitizing that whole environment and making sure that we can't utilize, uh, you know, your uh, information uh, in an untoward way. So really protecting your privacy. So we try and drive that. And, uh, you know, as, as we've said, it's uh, very much in the DNA. Um, you know, Michael and, 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 and the executive at Dell really drive this very, very aggressively. Um, and a little birdie told me that your personal passion is the Dell Development Fund within those sort of ethical construct of Dell business. Um, we're very fortunate in South Africa. You know, previous leaders identified, you know, uh, when we were able to do the uh, equity equivalents to really put down the Dell Development Fund. And we've done quite a lot of work around uh, especially education. So we, we started a non-profit organization in order to meet our um, BE requirements. And we turned that into the Dell Development Fund. And uh, we drive a number of uh, initiatives through that, as well as, you know, making sure that our staff participate as volunteers as well. So it's become bigger than just our equity equivalents. We run an academy, the Police Academy, where we, we run through about... Uh, I think 60, um, uh, you know, students every year that we take on a on a fairly integrated journey, uh, even to the point where you know they go out as high performance computing engineers. We do a number of bursaries into universities to mostly the universities that have been uh, you know previously disadvantaged to get students in and 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 make sure that they you know have got opportunity. And we work with a number of other NGOs in 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 the South African uh, you know. Environment Code for Change is one, um, you know, Shockware, uh, as well as uh, Crystal House in the Cape. Uh, and then a number of, uh, you know, um, SMB uh, type of uh, upliftment programs. So we're working with our distributors at the moment in time to turn uh, small QSE companies into bigger organizations so that they can, you know, build uh, capacity and, and jobs uh, in the market. You know, so we're always trying to find angles. Our solar schools is another good example. We're running around 16 solar schools countrywide, and most of those have been in existence for the past six years. You know, so again, the sustainability and the longevity of our projects are critical for us because I think, you know, if you want to make a meaningful impact, you have to have it for a period of time. So we're looking to roll out more, hopefully when the pandemic um, you know, eases up into the provinces where we're not. But in, on that program, we've touched probably close to, you know, 500,000 kids through coding initiatives and a, and a number of other, uh, you know, initiatives that we run through those solar schools. So, you know, also a, a good example of, of what's possible when you utilize technology. That's very cool. And I think something to be very proud of. I know that you are also proud of your devices. Um, we've seen so many cool launches from Dell over the last year. And I was wondering if I could uh, ask you to pinpoint a favorite new device for me. So we talk devices. So, you know, on the enterprise side, we've de delivered quite a lot as well, but I'll talk to our PC business, which we're well known for. Um, so my favorite is the uh, XPS device, you know, since that hit the market, that has probably been the iconic, you know, cool device that Dell has had. And, you know, it's the typical, or not that we're flying a lot nowadays, but it's the one device that I always like to show off on the plane uh, because I can reverse the screen and do a, a hundred, hundreds of things with it. And it's really just gone to the next level, you know. So uh, it's got 3D sound in it now, you know, with, with the best audio. It's got ultra high definition screens. So it's really a, a powerful machine uh, packed in a very, very small, um, you know, form pack, but giving you that, uh, you know, experience that, 
you would require in anything, you know, if you're creating videos or, you know, just doing your normal, uh, you know, eight to five uh, office job. Although with Zoom nowadays, I don't think that's the, the new norm. But it's really just a great little device and it's so light. And I mean, you know, you can work on that thing forever in a day. Uh, it just never seems to get tired. So that's my my favorite device. Um, they took my first XPS away last year and I really, uh, you know, I wasn't too happy about it. And I managed to get a new one just as we went into lockdown. So happier again. But yeah, it's, it's just a, a, a phenomenal device. It's small, it's light, it packs a lot of power, a lot of punch. Um, and, and really got everything in, in it that you want. You know, so great little device. Funnily enough, that's mine as well, <laughs> the XPS. Yeah. Uh, Doug, I've really enjoyed chatting to you today. Thank you so Pleasure. much Thank for you. your time. Likewise, and, and, and keep safe in lockdown. <laughs>